Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. I don't have a whole message for you this morning, but I wanted to wish you Happy New Year. Um, I saw a couple of New Year predictions in the Babylon Bee, if, if you know what that is. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to share a couple of those. January 1st, they, they predicted millions will set out to read their entire Bible. And on January 4th, dozens will still be reading their entire, entire Bibles. <laughs> and it is a good, uh, you know, we, we often use New Year as a time to make resolutions or, you know, try to do new things. For me, often it doesn't work well, but somebody else has suggested it is a good time to evaluate um, evaluate yourself and what the things that you do and, and uh Rather than trying to get trying to do something that's not uh, not reasonable or over what you what you really could could do, uh, you know, find something to change that really can be changed, or you know, try something new. That's right, something doable. I wanted to share a little bit more about some of my background. Um, I, when I got out of college, even before I was done with college, I was I started writing software, computer software, and I worked for companies, and became self-employed. Had my own company. We started a, a company called SignalSoft. That sounds familiar, but really haven't heard of it. Um, <laughs> we started a couple friends that I had worked with for a long time. Started that company in 1995, and it grew to have a couple hundred employees in offices around the around the world we did cellular telecommunications it's a big mouthful cell phones and we developed software for location based services and at that time nobody was doing that uh, (laughs) except the company Chuck worked for (laughs) as he just reminded me we had but we had been um and it's stuff that we see all the time now, maps on phones. Boy, that's, I mean, it's just part of life. But, but this was before all that, and we did some of the, some of the early things. Um, we worked with all, we worked all over the world with different major, uh, the wireless carriers, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Australia. And this is all before Google and iPhones. That, that stuff wasn't, wasn't part of the deal. I think it, we were starting to have iPhones, but they were not uh, not like you think of them now. And there's, you know, I've got some patents hanging on my office wall for some of the stuff that that we created. But that's that's so that's just some of my uh, background. The reason I talked about it today is, 22 years ago, there was a thing called Y2K. And some of you will remember, some some won't. It was a big, uh, worrisome thing. It was really longer than, though, you know, a couple of years before the year 2000. That's what that stands for. Um, people were starting to realize that there was a lot of software that had been written that would not do the right thing if it, had, if it weren't changed. And the date 
you know, went from 1999 to 2000. Just kind of like the odometer in your car. If it rolls over 100,000, maybe they have more now, but when it's all zeros again, it's not really back to zero, is it? It's got a lot of miles on it. So it's the same, it was the same kind of a thing or a similar kind of thing. And uh, the worry was that the software had been around so long and, and nobody knew, uh, knew the people they had written that even weren't around anymore. And uh, they were worried, there was a worry that uh, if it, unless it was taken care of, there would be problems. And so the industry you know, started paying attention to this. At first they didn't because why it's not a problem yet. <laughs> I've got I've got other things I can pay for. I don't want to waste my money on this. But but re- they started realizing that that uh, it was a, it was going to be an issue if they didn't um, start fixing things. And by industry, I mean things like obviously cell phones and but banks and tra- any kind of transportation and and all kinds of uh, all kinds of things. I mean. How many computers are in your life? And even back then, there weren't as many, it's true, as there are now, but there were still a lot, and they controlled a lot of things. So um, the various industries, including our company, we, we spent a lot of money um, testing and, and fixing if we needed to. Now, you know, I, <laughs> it, it seems like an obvious thing, but I, I kind of saw the year 2000 coming <laughs> as... As, as so did a lot of other people. And so there wasn't anything that we needed to do for our company for the stuff that we had written. But in order to make everybody else comfortable, we had to prove that this that our our software really did work still, would work in 2000, and wouldn't you know crash the whole phone network or whatever. Because we're, you know, right in there. And so... Uh, so a lot of money was spent, not just by our company, but many others. Checking, verifying, certifying. We had to really prove that you know it wasn't going to be a problem. At the same time, um, Christian Christians organizations started hearing about this and and worrying about it, and not so much for their their software because they really you know maybe we didn't use that much at our church maybe we had a you know a couple of computers or something like that but um there started to be people that would uh that were saying that this is going to be the end of civilization and this is going to be really bad and in fact a a very well-known radio ministry who i'm not going to say but you can ask me later (laughs) Um, got some ex, some so-called experts on there. They, I think they had five, and they discussed this. And they were from four of them were from the the uh, doom and gloom side of things. And one guy, um, Steve Hewitt, was a was a computer guy. He has he had a uh, computer background, and he had a uh, uh, a magazine that he edited called uh, Christian Computing, and he had a, what? When I listened to it, he had it sounded like a, a balanced, you know, approach that you know we needed to fix these things 
Um, but the other people on the show were so sure that it was going to be the end of civilization that they were very, they made fun of him, you know, basically poo-pooed everything he said. And, uh, and this, this really, really got my attention because, um, I'd been, I'd been working on this stuff. I knew what was, I, I knew what I thought the problems were and were going to happen. And it was not what these guys were saying. Uh, and so I wrote a letter to uh, to Steve Hewitt and communicated with him a bunch and and uh, he he ended up going and traveling around trying to get people to calm down. This is all in early 1999. And, and as it turned out, a lot of these guys, these doom and gloom guys, well, they were selling books or they were selling, uh, you know, bunkers or my favorite was composting toilets because <laughs> I one of the things somebody gave me a you know something that was supposed to be a a, a video that was a, you know telling all, what what is the truth and and it was these guys and then afterwards for a couple hours they had commercials of stuff you know food special food and water bunkers composting toilets whatever and uh, it really seemed obvious that a lot of their motivation was greed. Not uh, they weren't, and they were talking to Christians who seemed to be more susceptible to, uh, which 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 <laughs> made me hurt me. I mean, because uh, I, I you know, and so my church asked me to write a paper, uh, do some research, and write a paper and. Uh, I did, and you know, telling basically, you know, here's what I here's what I think, and here's what people in my industry think, and and uh, and here's what the Bible says, <laughs> and um, that was, uh, I mean, some of some of the the verses that I put in there that that are uh, applicable are Second Timothy one seven, God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear. But of power and love and discipline. Matthew six nineteen to twenty one. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth. People were hoarding, you know, and planning to. They thought maybe the food supply, the whole uh, delivery system of food, would fail, and so they were going to fill up their basement. And we're trying to get the church to, you know, do that too. And you know, then of course they were going to defend their. Defend their stores from people that might try to come and steal them. Anyway, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And again, a little earlier, I guess it's a little later in Matthew, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or with what what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Sure. Uh-huh. Are you what I'm hearing and what you're saying, not what are you saying? But what I'm hearing is that that's possibly 
Well, I, I have an answer. For, I have an answer for that, and I'll, I'll get to that part. But, but thank you for asking. It's good. That's a good question. But before I get to that, um, I wrote a letter to the ministry that had the radio ministry that had uh, done this thing, and I said, you know, this was not balanced. You really, you you brought people on here that were almost all from one, you know, viewpoint, which is not. Uh, you know, certainly not mine, or the guy that that agreed with was on there, and they said, "Eh, yeah, we had we had a guy. We had, it was balanced. We had a guy that was, and so that was that was a little disappointing. But then when when finally when January first two thousand came, do you remember what happened? Nothing. Nothing, nothing happened. Yeah, and. You know, there was, there had been a cost. I mean, companies had spent, like I said earlier, it spent a lot of money getting ready for this once we realized it was. The other cost, the unfortunate cost, was people that had bought all this stuff and and, and then nothing happened for them to, you know, it didn't happen at all, like we said. And they were just, they were motivated by fear. Um, and that's what these guys were selling um, in my mind. So, why am I talking about this? Well, it's it's January first, so that's it's kind of an anniversary of it. But what what can we learn from this? It's been long enough ago that that uh, you know, I'm not worried about. You know, I had some friends that that uh, I didn't convince until you know. January first, and they were they were afraid, and they had they were ready for worse things. But I know that one thing that I learned as I look back is that I did the right thing by speaking up. Um, God put me in that place for such a time as this, as it says in Esther, um, even though I was not, you know, broadly outspoken. I was not a but this paper that I wrote for my church that I shared with a lot of the ministries that I, people that I knew and they shared it and it was they were encouraged and not um, not uh, you know became less scared or, or could help other people that were that were scared because I like to think a lot of my friends uh, aren't motivated by fear all the time but you know we always know people that are it seems like. And so um, that's, that's something looking forward that, you know, if you find yourself in any kind of a, a situation like that, you know, maybe that's God telling you, you know, say something, do something. Um, the other thing, I, I think the biggest thing is that um, if fear, fear is a bad motivator, is not... You know, just like the verse I read, God has not given us a spirit of spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. Um, if fear is why we're doing stuff, something's probably wrong. Um, now, you know, having enough having stores put away to be ready for <laughs> bad weather, like we recently had, being out of power. I mean, <laughs> realized, you know. I, my mom lives out 
in a place where the power is commonly out for several days at a time. And so we we put in a generator for her because she's older and she can't, I mean, she <laughs> going without power for six days in the cold of winter is a, a bad thing <laughs> for her. And so, you know, there are reasons, there are good reasons to be to be ready. She couldn't get out, and so she has, you know, stuff stored away and enough. Um, but it's not because of fear of um, the end of the world or uh, some of that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I, I think, I hope I'm asking your question that, uh, like a lot of things, it's our motivation that's important. Why are we doing these things? And and that's what I uh, that's what I said here. There, First John four eighteen says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. Another aspect uh, is that's more obvious. Is, was the greed and selfishness that motivated some of these guys. And uh, that can happen um, subtly. And, and it's something to watch out for in our own, in, in our own hearts. It, you know, if, I'm, if I'm safe, then everything's good. You know, what, about, what about your neighbors? What about your extended family? What about, you know... And, and clearly... Uh, planning for the future is not uh, is not a wrong thing. Proverbs six six through eight. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise. Which, having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer, and gathers her provision in the harvest. I mean, being ready for things that happen is is not bad. But <clears throat> in fact, it's makes total sense, right? In fact, you have to if you if you have. Nothing in the bank, so to speak. If something happens, you're in trouble. So what, what about next time? I don't know. It's something, something like this is identical to this is unlikely to happen again. But, you know, we had aspects of this with the recent COVID and, and, and how things changed and reacting in fear it just was not a good it, it's never a good uh, response um, so anyway that's that's uh, my little devotional that I brought for for New Year's Day and let, let me close this in pra- close that in prayer we're going to go on and have another song in communion Father I thank you that you love us and care for us you have the power over all these things around us, and we don't have to fear. You, um, even, even little things, little computers, and 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 uh, and big things like uh, uh, ships and all the all the stuff that we can make, the sun, moon, and the stars that that you control, they're all under under your hand, and nothing nothing gets by you sneaks past you nothing surprises you and I thank you that we can trust you you are trustworthy and good and we love you in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening if you'd like to learn more about us check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.com
www.ghostmedia.org.